than we deserve. Amen? So praise the Lord for that. Back to Proverbs chapter 8 tonight. Proverbs in chapter number 8. And uh, we are listening to Lady Wisdom. Miss Shirley, you've got a couple guests with you. Uh, introduce real quick. Oh, we're delighted to have you ladies. God bless you. Thank you. And make sure Usher gets to them and get a record of their visit. But we're glad you came uh, tonight. I asked a soul. Anybody have a soul report from today? I didn't do that earlier. And uh, all right then. All right. Let's jump right in here. Proverbs in chapter number eight. And uh, wisdom, as is so often to the Proverbs, is personified as a lady here. And we find in one verse one, doth not wisdom cry? And understanding put forth her voice. She standeth in the top of the high places by the way in the places of the past. She's in a, uh, a prominent place and she's crying out. And if you listen, you can hear her voice. Heavenly Father, would you tonight, through the power of your Holy Spirit, make thy word come alive to the minds and hearts of us, your people. We need to hear from you. We need to think uh, like uh, you think. And uh, we need our minds uh, 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 for our lives to be transformed. We need our minds to be renewed and, and learn to think the way you think and look at life the way you look at life. And so thank you for this wonderful book of wisdom. Help, help us to soak it up tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. We left off at verse number 11 on last Wednesday night. Wisdom is better than rubies and all the things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. We pick up now then in verse number 12. I, wisdom, there it is again, wisdom speaks uh, in the first person. And uh, we say, we talk about Lady Liberty, for example. And uh, we do that, uh, use the same principle as well. But here, uh, wisdom speaks as a lady. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of witty inventions. A prudence is acting out what you know to do. Prudence is the acting out of what you know to do. So we might say uh, wisdom is knowing what to do and prudence is doing it. It's one thing to know what you ought to do and it's entirely another thing to do it, right? And and so uh, wisdom uh, dwells with prudence and finds out knowledge of witty inventions. I'm absolutely convinced that many, many men who have sought uh, godly wisdom, I think I thought about R.G. Letourneau when I read that verse, and R.G. Letourneau is uh, uh, really uh, <laughs> was very influential in the Second World War because of the ingenuity that God gave him to create massive earth-moving machines, and R.G. Letourneau was a God-fearing man who sought the wisdom of God and an incredibly generous man. He, like uh, uh, John Welch and others, um, before they died, uh, were uh, uh, um, J.C. Penney as well, were given 90% of their income away. How about that? And uh, sometimes we get God's people complain about the tithe. What, what if we took God's part and he took the other part? <laughs> but but these men, I believe, who sought wisdom, God, I think uh, Russell Anderson was, I, I heard him speak several times, and I've heard him say more than a few times about being, as a businessman, four o'clock in the morning, spending the first hour to two hours in the morning alone with God in the Bible and in prayer, seeking God's wisdom to make decisions. And uh, wisdom uh, gives a man the ability to find out knowledge 
of witty inventions. Verse 11 says uh, that the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Can I say this, my dear friend? Um, Your love life for God is commensurate with your hate life for sin. (laughs) A man that fears the Lord is a man who hates evil. Pride, arrogancy, and the evil way, and the froward mouth do I hate. The crooked mouth. Um, Do you fear God? Do you have a reverential respect and awe of God? Do you fear to use His name in vain? Do you fear to treat the things of God casually? Now, if you do, then the Bible says you hate evil. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Psalm 97.10 said, Ye that love the Lord hate evil. That doesn't, that doesn't mean if you love the Lord, you ought to hate evil. It means if you love the Lord, you do hate evil. <laughs> if you love the Lord, you hate evil. Wisdom, in verse number 13, says, I cannot tolerate uh, uh, pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the forward, the crooked word forward there means crooked uh, 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 mouth. I hate every bit of that. I can't tolerate it. And if you're wise, you're saying, you feel the same way. You loathe arrogancy and, uh, and, and evil and twisted crooked mouths. Verse number 14. He said, uh, she says, wisdom says, counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. By me, kings reign and princes decree justice. By me, princes rule and nobles, even all the judges of the earth, the, the decision makers of the earth. Counsel is mine. May I say to all of us, especially young people, seek counsel. Seek counsel. And when I say counsel, let's get, let's get something straight. When we read about counsel in the Bible, he's talking about good advice. He's talking about good advice. I didn't bring the notes with me, but I went back and looked. Uh, there are more, and this, this, I, I was looking at some notes I had from, I don't know how many years ago, at least five years ago. And I, I said, I don't know what it is now. There are more psychotherapists than there are firefighters, than there are dentists, and several other professions. And and the av- listen to this: the average, if you go, if you get in psychotherapy sessions, the average is four to five sessions a month for three to four years. Three to four years. And uh, by the time it's over, it's, it's like fifty thousand dollars worth. The average is about 125 bucks an hour. Man, I think I'm going into that field. <laughs> now, now uh, you know what? You, 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 we, we get addicted to talking about our problems, but we don't really want to fix them. 
We want to we wanna hash, 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 and therapize, therapize, therapize. I just made up a word. Uh, uh, but we don't, we, uh, what you need, what you need is somebody say, hey, stop that. That's what you need to do. And then do it. Yeah, we, somehow we get the idea. If we get enough people, sad, everybody sit up, look at me. Everybody sit up, sit up, sit up, look at me, look at me, look at me. I got something to teach from the Bible, from the Bible. Uh, if we sit around and talk about our problems some, somehow or another, and get enough people to empathize with us, that somebody will make it all better. It won't fix it. You got to do the hard work. You got to do the right thing. You got to quit doing the bad thing. Start doing the right thing. Amen. And 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 we're just almost addicted to therapy. And. Uh, and uh, but get advice. Counsel is mine. Wisdom offers good counsel. Look what it said. Counsel, sound wisdom. Wisdom gives you sound decision-making skills. Look, you know what my life is and your life is? It's, it is a culmination of the decisions that I've made. That's one way of looking at life. Your life, my life, is a culmination of the decisions we have made. Now, you don't like your life? Make different decisions. <laughs> Make better decisions. Amen? Yeah. Wisdom said, with me, is sound wisdom. Uh, uh, I am understanding. Understanding what's right and what's wrong. I have strength. Strength to do what's right. It's a must. If you're ever going to lead anything, look at verse 15. My, by, by me, kings reign. And princes decree justice. By me, princes rule. No, these are leaders. Even all the judges are the, the decision makers. You know what wisdom does? Wisdom allows people to work with people. Wisdom allows people to work with people. If you don't have some wisdom, uh, you're not going to be able to work with people very much, and you won't have very many people to work with. <laughs> but wisdom allows you. I, I think about some folks even in this church that God, I think, is gifted in this way to be able to work with people. And everybody, every one of us ought to seek wisdom in your business, in your work life, in your home life, how to relate to people, how to reach and help people that are different than you, that you uh, don't, don't think exactly like you. But wisdom allows you. Imagine, imagine Solomon, that story about Solomon. And here are the two ladies. Both of them, they're, they're, they're both, the Bible said they're both harlots. They, that's what they did. They sold their bodies. That's how they made their living. Both of them had babies, and one of them rolled over in the middle of the night and and smothered her baby to death. And she woke up the next morning, and the dead baby in her arms, the baby in her arms was dead. So she took her dead baby, switched it with her roommate's baby. And a little later in the morning, the other lady woke up, and the baby in her arms was dead. And she said, oh, my baby. And she said, wait a minute, it's not my baby. She looked over and said, you got my baby. She said, uh-uh. That's your baby. Your baby died. Mine's fine. <laughs> that's, 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 that's my baby. The thing wound all the way up to the Supreme Court, and they stood, actually stood in front of Solomon. And both of them are there pleading their case. Solomon said, we'll fix this. Bring me a sword. He said, cut the thing in half. We'll make this fair 50-50. We'll split it right down the middle. The one lady says, that sounds fair to me. The one said, no, no, please, 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 please give her the baby. She, the baby. It's her baby. Solomon said, there's the mother right there. <laughs> now, you know what? You, 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 you be able to help conflict. Every teacher needs wisdom. Every parent needs wisdom. Uh, 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 so, get wisdom. Look at verse 15, 16, uh, excuse me, verse 17. I love them that love me. And those that seek me early shall find me. 
I love them that love me. And those that seek me early shall find me. Do you know what wisdom adds value to those who value wisdom? (laughs) Wisdom adds value to those who value wisdom. If you love wisdom, she'll love you back. Amen? She'll love you back. Now, here's what he said. He said, seek me early. Now, we're not to discount the wisdom that comes. The Bible is very clear about the hoary head, which means a gray head, the silver head. And God, uh, we should rise at the hoary head, stand out of respect for, for age and experience and so forth. So not to take anything away from that. But the implication of this verse, those that seek me early shall find me. You know what this verse is saying? You can have wisdom as a young person. You can have wisdom beyond your years. That's been a prayer of mine for for a lot of years. Give me wisdom beyond my years, beyond my experience. I was praying uh, on the phone with uh, Miss Stephanie, who had open heart surgery today, and that was part of my prayers. Lord, please give whoever the surgeon is, even beyond their experience, give them wisdom today, and and help them. And you know, if you seek wisdom, the Bible says you can have it. You can have it as a young person, in many. Areas of the Christian life. Young people in this church, listen carefully. In many areas of the Christian life, you have knowledge at your stage of life that your parents didn't have. Many of the adults could attest to this truth that my kids are learning things and doing things in their spiritual life I never imagined I would do at that age. I mean, in regards to prayer, soul winning, uh, fasting, the things they're learning from the Bible, giving, how to church work, work, bus ministry work, this the knowledge of the scriptures. Now, young people, you can have wisdom. It's accessible to you. It's available to you. And by the way, that's the way it ought to be. Every generation ought to build on the last generation. Amen? You ought to build on the last generation. Take advantage of the wisdom God gave your parents and then build on it. But if you act upon it, you will be wise beyond your years. You'll be wise beyond your years. Now, if you don't act upon it, remember wisdom and prudence dwell together, right? Wisdom, I know what to do, prudence is I do it. If you don't act on the wisdom that's been offered to you, then guess what happens? You regress. You go backwards. If you don't act upon it, you become self-deceived and thus foolish. The Bible says of those who profess, speaks of those who profess themselves to be wise but became fools. James 4, 17, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is what? Sin. It's what? Sin. You know to do good, you don't do it. It's what? Sin. And James 1, said, be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Do you know when you know what to do and you don't do it, you know who you're lying to? You're lying to yourself. You're absolutely lying to yourself. And and rather than become wise, though you have the knowledge, you won't become wise, you become foolish. You become foolish. He says this in verse number 18, riches and, uh, and honor are with me. Wisdom says riches and honor are with me. Yea, durable riches. And righteousness. You know, durable means something that lasts. (laughs) Wisdom says, I've got some riches that last. My fruit, verse 19, uh, is uh, is better than gold. Yeah, than fine gold. 
and my revenue than choice silver. I lead in the way of righteousness in the midst of the paths of judgment that I may cause those that love me to inherit substance and I will fill their treasures. Wisdom is offering treasures, but these are treasures of substance. That word substance means it's something real (laughs) and endurable riches. That's in contrast to the fleeting riches of this world. The Bible says, Wilt thou set thine eyes upon that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away as an eagle toward heaven. Haggai 1.6 speaks of he who earneth wages to put it into a bag with holes. You know, the Bible speaks about the deceitfulness of riches. And the world promotes the ideas. That the devil promotes of, of riches and what it'll do for you. Uh, the world said, uh, said riches will get you some respect. Will get me some respect. Look at me. No, riches won't make you, it won't make you respectful. You can be respectful, dirt poor or filthy rich. Your money in your pocket has nothing to do with that. That's you. That's your character. The world says money brings happiness. I didn't work out so well for Judas, did it? He went those 30 pieces of silver down and went out and hung himself. Two researchers at Emory University Department of Economics surveyed 3,000 married couples. Here's what they found. Those who spent less than $1,000 on their wedding were 47% more likely to stay together than those who spent 20000 or more. <laughs> you know what? Listen, I'm for pretty weddings. But can I tell you something? You know what this society... Are you listening now? You know what this society has done? This society has put emphasis on a ceremony. We prepare for a ceremony, but we don't... We prepare for a wedding, but we don't prepare for marriage. Look, listen. You ought to set a goal to spend $1,000 or less. You'll have 47% better chance of staying together. Amen. <laughs> Well, well, that probably says something about where folks' priorities were. Money doesn't bring respect. Money doesn't bring happiness. Money doesn't bring friends. The Bible says, wealth maketh many friends. And it says, every man is a friend to him that giveth gifts. But that's not the kind of friends you want. The prodigal son found that out. When his money ran out, what else ran out? His friends ran out. Money doesn't satisfy. And it certainly doesn't bring security. Evelyn Adams won the New Jersey lottery twice to the tune of five point. Four million dollars. Here's what she said. Winning the lottery isn't always what it's cracked up to be. I won the American dream, but I lost it too. It was a very hard fall. It's called rock bottom. Everybody wanted my money. Everybody had their hand out. I never learned one simple word in the English language. No, that's what the wise man meant when he said in Proverbs 19, 4, wealth maketh many friends. Just not the kind of friends you want. <laughs> Ken Proxmire was a machinist and won a million dollars in the Michigan lottery. He moved to California, went in the car business with his brothers, and within five years he was bankrupt. Bud Post won $16.2 million in the Pennsylvania lottery. He lives on Social Security now. Here's what he said. I wish it never happened. It was a total nightmare. 
He had a former girlfriend sued him and won, took a bunch of money, and among other lawsuits. He had a brother who got arrested for hiring a hitman to kill him because his brother thought he'd get some inheritance. He had some other siblings who kept after him until he got into the car business in a restaurant in Sarasota, Florida. Both of them went belly up. And Bud even spent time in jail for firing a weapon over the head of a, of a debt collector. And one year after he won $16.2 million, he was $1 million in debt. <laughs> Do you know that 60% of NBA players upon retirement are broke within five years? And 78% of NFL players are broke in two years. Let me tell you something. You need something more than just a raise and more money. You need some wisdom to know what to do with what God's given you. How to handle it. How to use what God has given you. I think about that. I told it lots of times before. But I, I, I think about... Uh, 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 oh, forgive me. Uh, our missionary in the Philippines, and um, and he, he was an executive for Kmart. And uh, oh, uh, Brother Vestal, Charlie Vest, Charlie Vest. Thank you. Uh, not Vestal, they're poor folks. Anyway, but uh, Charlie Vest uh, was uh, is an executive for Kmart and, and did quite well. And uh, I was in school with some of his children, and uh, his wife was tragically killed. And um, and uh, he surrendered his life to go to the mission field. And September the 10th, 2001, he was in prayer, talking just with the Lord, spending time with the Lord. And the Lord, he had quite a bit of money in, uh, in the stock market. And the Lord told him, he said, go sell off everything you have, put it in the bank. And he was like, that's a random thought. That's not. And so he kept praying, talk, and the Lord kept, he said, today, today, Sell off everything you have and put it in the bank. And it stayed after him. And he said, Lord, is this from you? And he felt compelled that it was from the Lord. And he went and did exactly that, September 10th. And I think most of us remember what happened the next day, September 11, 2001. And uh, can I tell you something? You, you need something more than just a bigger wad of cash. <laughs> you need wisdom. And wisdom will bring you riches, durable riches. Riches, that's something that lasts. You know, the Bible said a good name is rather than is rather be chosen than great riches. Wisdom's riches are durable, they're substantive, they're real treasures of lasting value. Young people, listen, I know we, we sing it, we read these verses, and, and, and yet you're going to be tested. You're going to be tested. I met with a, uh, some young men that given their life to, to serve the Lord in ministry. Some of you are here. Some already gone off in training. And I told everyone, I said, listen, you're going to have to pass the money test. You're going to have to pass the money test. You want to be used of God, you've got to pass the money test. You've got to make up your mind, and am I going to walk by faith? Am I going to trust the Lord? Or am I going to, or am I going to find security in money? Let me tell you something. Money doesn't bring security. Now, I'm not advocating being foolish with money. One, one, one fellow went to the same school I went to. He said, I'm going to live by faith. 
Somebody said, well, you probably should go get a job. No, I'm going to live by faith. I'm going to trust God. You ain't trusting God. <laughs> Disobeying God's word is not trusting God. He, he, got, he didn't last very long. So I'm just going to spend all my, I'm just going to pray it down. Uh, how about go to work and pray, work and pray, work and pray. Anyway, you need wisdom. And wisdom is more valuable than a big inheritance. Wisdom is more valuable than winning the lottery. You've got to make your choice somewhere along the line. The Bible said, Jesus said, No man can serve two masters, for either he'll hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye can not serve God and mammon. You can't do it. You've got to make up your mind. As, uh, last trip, we were with Brother Nelms. And uh, he, he, he told I, I never heard him say this. He said, when I found Frontiers, uh, which is, God has used tremendously a network of, I think, some 38,000 pastors now around the world. I, I don't have many, don't quote me on that. Many, many, many thousands of pastors and uh, church planners around the world. And just hundreds and hundreds of thousands saved and so forth like that. But... Uh, um, he said, a large denomination, when we first started this, a large denomination came to me and said, join our denomination. He said, Again, I'm, I'm independent Baptist by conviction. They said, no, 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 listen. Listen to us. Join our denomination. We'll put you in the five largest churches. In the first month, we'll put you in the five largest churches in the denomination. You won't leave a single one of those churches with less than a $50,000 offering, probably much more. Join our denomination. We like what you're doing. We believe in what you're doing. He said, let me tell you something. He said, I, I, thank you, but I'm not for sale. I'm not for sale. My pastor, Brother Hiles, he loved his uncle. His, his dad was a drunkard, of course. Walked out when he was five years old. But his, his uncle was, uh, was a wealthy man. Made a lot of money in the Dallas area of real estate. And wanted him to go to the premier Southern Baptist University Southwestern Seminary. And it was already liberal way back then. It was already liberal. And um, and he said, he told him, he said, nephew, he said, I'll pay your whole way to go. He said, I'll, I'll give you a $250,000 interest in my business. Just go, to, I'll pay you, go to the school. It'll, it'll open doors for you. He said, uncle, I can't go to a liberal school. I'm not a liberal. I'm a Bible believer. Now, $250,000 back then would be worth 2 to $3 million today. Now, I'm just saying, you, William Borden, William Borden inherited a Borden fortune. I did the math sometime and did the numbers. It's been several years ago, but the last time I did the numbers, it was 40 some million dollars. 25 years old, got $40 million, and he gave every bit of it away. He said, I'm going to the mission field by faith. Most of us will never, ever be faced with something like that. Abdel Judah gave his story right from this pulpit. Most of you heard it, and you were here when he gave his story. Here's a 21 to 23-year-old man. His father's a, a wealthy, one of the wealthiest Muslims in the Chicagoland area. And uh, here he is trying to work his way through Bible college. His, uh, his mom and dad divorced when he was 11 years old. He went from living, when he was just a little boy, went from living in an 11-room mansion to uh, the south side of Chicago and... Uh, gang infested and so forth district and and um, uh, his uh, his mom said don't take my son and dad said this 
He said, don't ask me for any money and I'll let you, and I, you, you keep the son. But if you, ever, if you ever come after me, I'll take your son. You'll never see him again. She said, fine, keep the money. I'll keep my son. That was the grace of God in Abdel Judah's life because a bus worker came down, rolling down that street and, uh, and brought him to church and he got born again huh, from, from a Sunday school bus. Hallelujah, amen. Surrendered his life to preach. Struggling his way through Bible college and his dad said, called him to his office, big old high-rise office up there on the north shore of, of Chicago, the Gold Coast of Chicago, right off Michigan Avenue there, overlooking Lake Michigan. And said, son, if you'll work for me for five years, I'll give you a million dollars a year for five years. He said, what are you driving? He's, he's driving a beat old, old beat-up uh, Chevy Cavalier, I think it was. He said, could you use a new Escalade? He said, and he pulled out the keys of the new Escalade. He said, if you have an SUV, you probably need a car too. Pulled out the keys to a BMW. So you go home, take one of these home. Both of them are yours. Just work for five years. He said, after you get you'll have enough money. You can go, you can go do preach whatever you're going to do. You can do that the rest of your life. But that's will finance it for you. And a 21, 22-year-old young man looked at his dad and said, I can't. God's called me. I, I, I can't accept your offer. And he got up and walked away. And his dad said, you go out that door, I'll never speak to you again. By God's grace, thank the Lord, he didn't keep that. That's what he told him as he walked out the door. Now, I'm just saying, you probably you won't probably be faced with that. i probably never be faced with anything like that. But you'll be faced with, man, I, you know, I can make a little more money if I do this. Listen, listen, we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. I, I'm not speaking against being productive and making lots of money. I'm not speaking of some of the greatest servants of God. Man, Abraham, I said, these men in the Bible, they, they were incredibly wealthy. No, no, I, I'm not saying somehow it's spiritual to be poor. Uh, God may allow you to prosper, and I, I hope and pray that he does, but when it comes time to choose between totally committed to Jesus Christ and to his church or make a little more money, just, just walk with God. Amen. You won't regret that in your life. Look what he says here. In verse 22. The Lord possessed me in the beginning of his way. Before his works of old. I was set up from everlasting. From the beginning or ever the earth was. Now if you'll notice there's a, there's a voice change at this place here in the scriptures. Wisdom is speaking to us. This is like a, almost like a song. This chapter is, is, is poetic. <clears throat> and, um, but there's a voice change here. And now we're, we're, whoever's speaking here was in the beginning <laughs> and was set up from everlasting. From the beginning wherever the earth was. When there were no depths, I was brought forth when there were no fountains abounding with water. Before the mountains were settled, before the hills was I brought forth. While as yet he had not made the earth, nor the fields, nor the highest part of the dust of the world. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he set a compass upon the face of the depth. When he established the clouds above. When he strengthened the fountains of the deep. When he gave to the sea his decree that the water should not pass his commandment. When he appointed the foundations of the earth, then I was by him. As one brought up with him. And I was daily his delight. Rejoicing always before him. 
rejoicing in the habitable part of his earth, and my delights were with the sons of men. Can I, can I tell you who I believe he's talking about? I, who's speaking here? I think wisdom, continuing to speak in the first person, has an even deeper meaning now. I think we're reading about the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Let me read to you Colossians chapter 2. Listen to Colossians chapter 2 and verse number 3. In him, in whom Christ are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Amen? Go back with me. Verse 22. The Lord possessed me in the beginning. John 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. John 1, 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Amen? Uh, 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 Verse 27. When He prepared... The heavens, I was there. Listen to Colossians 1.15. Christ, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by Him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible. Amen? He prepared the heavens. I was there. Look at verse 30. Then I was by Him as one brought up with Him. And I was daily His delight, rejoicing Always before him. Jesus in his high priestly prayer in John 17, 24 said, Father, thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. I was daily his delight. In verse 31, rejoicing in the habitable part of his earth and my delights were with the sons of men. Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells. Anybody see the Lord Jesus in this? Now therefore hearken unto me, O ye children, for blessed are they that keep my ways. Verse 33, hear instruction and be wise and refuse it not. Blessed is the man that heareth me watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors. For whoso findeth me, he findeth life. John fourteen six. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Whoso findeth me, findeth life, and shall obtain favor of the Lord. But he that sinneth against me wrongeth his own soul. All they that hate me love death. Psalm 2.12. Kiss the Son. Capital S. Lest he be angry and ye perish from the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Listen. To seek wisdom is to seek Christ. To seek Christ is to seek wisdom. To reject. Are you listening? To reject wisdom is to reject Christ. Listen to me very carefully. To reject sound wisdom, to reject counsel, good sound counsel, to reject wisdom's warnings that we've read in these first eight chapters. Listen, it's not just, well, I didn't take so-and-so's advice. If it's wisdom, if it's biblical, biblical, godly wisdom, Jesus Christ is wisdom personified. It's personal with God. In him are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Do you get that? Colossians chapter 2 verse 3. In him are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. You know, there's one thing all false religions have in common. They're all wrong on Jesus. <laughs> That's what they have in common. 
The Mormons say that Jesus and the devil are brothers. The Bible says, what fellowship hath light with darkness? What fellowship hath uh, righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion hath light with darkness and concord hath Christ with Belial? The Jehovah's Witnesses deny His deity. Jesus in John 10, 30 and through 33 said, I and my Father are one. Then the Jews, listen carefully, took up stones again to stone Him. Jesus answered them, Many good works have I showed you from my Father. For which of those works do you stone me? The Jews answered, saying, For a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy, and because that thou, being a man, makest thyself God. When Jesus said, I and my Father are one, those who heard him knew exactly what he meant. And they tried to kill him for it out of due time. The Jehovah Witnesses do not believe that Jesus rose bodily from the grave and that he should not be worshipped. But the Bible said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, taught it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, also God had highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let me tell you something. You're going, to bow, you're going to bow here or you're going to bow on the other side. Everybody's going to bow on the other side. And you choose not to bow here, you'll choose, you will bow there because you must. Better be too late for you. The Muslims believe that Jesus was an historical figure, but they do not believe he was the Son of God, the Savior of mankind. They do not believe he was crucified. They do not believe that he rose again. But as we taught Sunday morning, moreover, my brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also you received, and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved. For I deliver unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Amen. He's alive. The religious liberals, people who call themselves Christians, but do not believe the Bible is the Word of God, do not believe that Jesus was sinless, don't believe Jesus was virgin born, don't believe Jesus rose from the dead, Don't believe he's the only way to heaven. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. I'm so disappointed. I'm not disappointed. I'm disgusted. I'm so disgusted with with, uh, so-called conservative evangelicals who were mum. I called, uh, uh, sent letters and called... Richard Burr and Tom Tillis numerous times, as I'm sure many of you did, as I've encouraged you to do over the last several weeks. I'm I'm dismayed and disgusted. Okay, let me just... For eight years, Philip Moore was led, was the, uh, uh, I guess his title would be president, I guess, but he led the Southern Baptist uh, Religious Liberty Commission, which is the Southern Baptist, uh, uh, the arm of the Southern Baptist Convention, which 
sets forth its public stance on, uh, on, on policies, on political issues. And for eight years, he led that. Most recently, he became the editor of Christianity Today, which was started in 1956 by Billy Graham, has five million, five million circulation. Christianity Today had one article 13 days ago, one, November 17th, one article on the so-called Respect for Marriage Act in favor of it. In favor of it. Let me tell you something. We need some Bible believers again who don't cave to the pressures of this world. The Hindus believe that Jesus is one of many thousands of gods, but Isaiah 43, 11 says, I even I am the Lord, and beside me there's no Savior. Isaiah 44, 6, Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and His Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. I'm the first, I'm the last, and beside me there is no God. And Isaiah 45, 5, I'm the Lord, and there's none else, and there's no God beside me. Hosea 13, 4, Yet I am the Lord thy God, there's no Savior beside me. <laughs> The official Roman Catholic teaching is that while Jesus is the Son of God who died and rose again for our sins, it cannot be believed that faith alone in Jesus Christ can guarantee you salvation and eternal life in heaven. You've got to keep those seven sacraments and do the best you can. And if you do a really, really good job, maybe you only stay burning in purgatory for a century or two and then you can get to heaven. They believe and teach the prayers to Mary who they say was sinless. That's not what Mary said. Mary said, I rejoice in God my Savior. They believe Mary, teach Mary was sinless. You pray to her, that'll help you get what you need from Jesus. If you pray to the dead, they'll help you. You call them saints. The Bible says if you're born again, you're a saint. Amen? We don't pray to dead people. That's if you confess your sins to a priest or let him sprinkle some water on you, feed you away from maybe just maybe, you'll get to heaven one day after you burn for a while. My Bible still says, For by grace you are saved through faith, that not of yourselves is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. My Bible still says in Romans 5, 1, Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but it's according to His mercy He saved us. And there's one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Amen. Look at that last verse of the chapter. He that sinned against me, Jesus Christ. Wisdom personified wrongeth his own soul. All that hate me love death. Second John, turn there and we'll finish. We'll be done with this. Second John, right just before you get to the book of Revelation. First, second Peter. First, second, third John. We're in second John. And we're in um, verse 9, only one chapter, verse 9. 2 John, verse 9, just right before the book of Revelation. Whosoever. Uh, let's back up to verse 7. For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. They deny the deity of Jesus Christ. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. 
Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. How can that be? Because Jesus Christ is God. He's God in the flesh. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Colossians 2.9 He's the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. Here, let me simplify it for you. If you're wrong on Jesus, you're wrong on God. If you're wrong on Jesus, you're wrong on Jesus and God because Jesus is God. Amen. Verse 10, if there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. For he that biddeth him Godspeed is partaker of his evil deeds. Uh, I wasn't there, but when we still lived behind the church over here, uh, some ladies came by, very kind, knocked on the door, and uh, and they said, uh, we, we're here, uh, what, my wife answered the door, and we're here, and I, I don't know how they introduced themselves or whatever, uh, but uh, are you concerned about, uh, you know, home and family? Do you, uh, do, you, do you enjoy praying? Some sort of generic questions like that. And she said, where are you all from? They said, well, we're just people, we love God. And uh, she said, do you go to a church? Well, we we uh, we assemble with folks, but what church is it? Well, we just we're all just people who love the Bible. We love to pray. She asked about three times and never gave her a straight answer. She said, "You're Jehovah's Witness, aren't you?" They said, "Well," she said, "You're Jehovah's Witness, aren't you?" So why don't you just be honest about who you are? <laughs> and she said, "I'm a born again Christian. I believe the Bible is the Word of God. Jesus is God, and we're going to stand answer to Him." They said, "Well, we've we got to go." Okay, God bless you. <laughs> but Bob said, you don't invite him in the house. Sometime I hear a weak Christian said, I like, I like to witness to Jehovah Witness. If God may give you an opportunity to witness to Jehovah Witness, one of our men had an opportunity, uh, Brother Velasquez actually just the other day, uh, had a, a sincere conversation. Uh, but the Bible said, you don't, you don't let him in your house. That's what we just, did you read that with me? You don't let him in your house and you don't say, God bless you. No. Jesus said, he said, kiss the son, lest he be angry with thee. Our text tonight, hey, are you wrong on Jesus? You sinned against your own soul. And when you stand one day, you're going to stand before Christ. And you're going to see he was more than just a good man. He was more than just a prophet. He was more than just a rabbi. He's God in flesh. Amen. Amen. So he personifies wisdom. Listen carefully. You're not just disregarding mom and dad. Well, let's think differently. It's more personal than that. To pursue wisdom is to pursue Christ. To reject wisdom is to reject Christ. Think about that.